Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six yeah. of the Masterclass <laughs> Podcast. My name is Cam, and as always, I'm here with my good friend Dave. David, how art thou? I am doing well. Uh, as I've told Cam already, it's been kind of a, a crazy week for me, so uh, if I ramble on tonight, even more so than normal, I, I apologize in advance. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. So, you might have noticed, uh, Dave, it feels like it's only been a week since we last did this. This is true. Am am I losing my mind? No, you are not losing your mind. We've uh, decided to kind of embark on a little um, experiment here to, um, I don't know, do weekly for a little while at least and see where that uh, takes us. I I was sitting here Tuesday night at the house just kind of relaxing and I thought, oh. Oh no, the next <laughs> podcast, it's in two days. <laughs> the, the typical amount of time uh, was, was not there this week. So uh, it was a good, it was a good uh, urgency though, because I always felt like two weeks was just, it's too long. I missed you, Dave. <laughs> good. Missed you as well. All right. So uh, we had a little section for follow-up here, but we, we didn't have any. No. <laughs> no. No. No one said anything. A little sad. So that means we need people to... Say something so that we that, can do follow-up. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the truth. So if you did want to say hi to us or tell us that we're stupid or or somewhere hopefully in the middle there, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at MasterclassFM. We also we have a Facebook page, which I don't think we've mentioned yet. It, I don't only think us, it only took us six episodes to mention something that's been there from the beginning. <laughs> so Facebook is more your scene than Twitter. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash masterclassfm, and that should get you to our Facebook page. So you can leave uh, comments there or on Twitter, or you can email us at masterclassfm at gmail.com, uh, and just let us know what you think. Um, Do you disagree with us? Do you agree with us? Would you like us to cover something? Do you just think that Dave has a very good radio voice? We want to know all of these things. Um, But most importantly, we want to meet new people, and we want to start new conversations. Um, And we want to discuss what Jesus said and did, because we really actually do genuinely believe that it matters today. Yes. Um, And the more and more that uh, I think about it, the more and more that I see what is happening in the world and in my own life, um, and the more that I read scripture, I am just even more convinced that people really do need to know Jesus, even if they will never admit that. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that uh, I think people will be surprised at the places where uh, they will find Jesus if they just take that time uh, to look for him and to be aware of him because um, you don't have to uh, just listen to Christian music or just watch Christian movies or uh, just read Christian books. Please don't watch just Christian movies. Oh, man. Uh, I'm very much convinced that it's not about making... uh, it's about doing whatever we do to the best that we can to his glory. And, um, yeah, I'm not so aware of Christian police officers, or not Christian police officers, but Christian police departments, or, you know, it's, 
Um, there's, there's, oh, there's a joke about some yeah, denomination I, there. <laughs> I, it's, I know. It's just, as I was saying it, it's uh, uh, enter your least favorite denomination. Yeah, blank right there. And you know, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be working in the church. You can whatever it is that you do in life. I suppose there might be some exceptions to that that I think you can glorify God in whatever it is that you do. So. <laughs> I want to say seven things right now, but my mother's listening, so I won't. All right. <laughs> uh, along um, very similar lines to what Dave was just saying, um, we want to tell you about something else that we enjoy this week before we dive into the main topic. And that is a book called Living in Christ's Presence by Dallas Willard and John Ortberg. Uh, this is also uh, available in audio. And while Dave and I are both very much fans of books, yes. this audio book uh, is worth every single penny and then some. And it's not very expensive. I think it's like, you can get an audible for like 12 bucks or 13 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the actual audio content of this book is Dallas and John taken directly from the conference from which this book sprang. Yes. Um, and so it's not, you know, nothing against actors that read audiobooks for a living. Like, good for them. I wish my voice sounded that good. <laughs> I would do that all day. Um, but this is actually Dallas and actually John um, speaking live at the conference. And um, it's so much better to actually hear them saying it live to a room full of people. Um, it's just so good. But anyways... This book won the Logos Bookstore 2014 Best Book in Spirituality, the 2014 Reader's Choice Award winner um, from somewhere, I don't know where, and the 2014 Leadership Journal Best Books for Church Leaders. Um, So we're not the only ones that think this book is great. It uh, has received a lot of positive uh, feedback. Um, But essentially... Uh, the book is, as the title suggests, about what it actually means to live with Christ today. Not God is not some distant, far-off, angry dude. Um, what it means to live with Christ as a police officer, as an accountant, as an elementary school teacher, as a banker, um, or whatever you know situation you may find yourself in, it is, it is focusing on that relationship with Christ and the reality of that relationship in everyday life. Um, Dave, what do you think about the book? Uh, I, I Dave think thinks a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm, I think, and you're doing the same thing, I'm, I'm listening to it uh, a second time uh, after having listened to it once. Um, I will listen to particular chapters over and over again and uh, the thing that I, just stands out to me is um, Dallas Willard has, has lived his life um, pursuing God, uh, pursuing knowledge of Jesus. And that's kind of one of those central themes that's in there, too, is, is how important knowledge is mm-hmm. of what, um, about what we believe and how that ties into faith. And, uh, but it's not that, uh, and there's, there's never, I don't want to imply that the book is sterile, but you just, you get the emotion, the passion that, uh, Dallas has, uh, for our Lord and just what that means to him. And, um, I, the, 
that is, I want it. You know, yeah. I, I hear that and I'm like, I hope at the end of my time, um, on this earth that I am in that similar kind of place of just in love with God, longing to be with him even more so than I can even imagine right now. And, um, I, th- I think that's a big part of what, uh, this life is about is, um, preparing us for, um, our death and ultimate resurrection with him in heaven. And, uh, there'll be a familiar familiarity there that, you know, we've been spending time with him and it's not, it's not, it's not so awkward. We've, we've already had some of those conversations prior to getting there. So <laughs> see now I'm just picturing getting to heaven and being like to God. So come here often. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, uh, just to, to, put some some concreteness to this mm-hmm. because there's certainly um and, and i echo what dave said there's there's points where dallas is speaking and he starts to get choked up because he's so um he's sharing so much from the heart of, mm-hmm. of his experience that you you kind of get choked up too while you listen and, and as dave said like i want i, I want <laughs> that that that's what i want uh, but some chapter titles just to give you an idea of what the book um covers uh is how to live well who are the experts on life transformation which i think is an incredible title um and content based on you know we live in a society where everyone is telling you how to live your life and what is good and what's right and what's acceptable and what's not and all that stuff um so so coming to a conclusion and i think that's a question that everyone has to answer who are the experts on life transformation who are you going to let tell you how to live your life is good how to step into the kingdom and live there experiential knowledge of the trinity uh and a few more um so we we really love dallas and we really love this book um john's not so bad himself yeah that's true too (laughs) john's a smart man he's a smart man um we think this is a must read so we'll have a link to the uh book in the show notes and a link to the audio book as well um, do yourself a favor. This is this is a few bucks well spent, um, and take take a listen or take a read your whichever your preferred method is. Um, and we'll have a blog post up soon with some more details about the book and our thoughts about it and everything. But we just really wanted to pass that along to you because it's generally a book that we I think and I, I think I speak for Dave for everybody needs to read because it's just that uh, impactful and that. Um, practical to following Christ and today. You know, I'll probably, I, I, well, you can find it, but one of the things we might want to put on the website is uh, there is a YouTube video where John Ortberg kind of talks about the book and then they show some little clips from the conference. Oh, really? And it's like, I don't know. Look at Dave's school and me on the internet. This is good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, it would be a good thing to put on our, yes. our website no, because uh, I watched it um, in the wee hours of the morning at work, <laughs> confessing to not being doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and it was it, it, it will give you a good snapshot of what we're, we're talking about because it's uh, John Ortberg uh, kind of giving what he experienced and then showing the clips from it so yeah and one one last thing about the book too is that this is one of the last things one of the last public things that dallas did yes before he passed away in 2013 um and so this really kind of is a a a retrospective for him on on life with christ um and one of the last times that that you get to hear his voice publicly um 
before he passed away. So check that out. Um, let us know what you think about it. We're um, we're hopeful that you will um, gain something from listening or reading to that. Well, is it that time, Dave? I think it is that time. All right. <laughs> would you like to read it? I, yes. Or, or would you like me to butcher it? No, I, I, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm so afraid now. <laughs> uh, so we are still um, in the book of Matthew. Uh, I believe it's chapter 5 or are we in chapter 4 still? Chapter 5. Chapter 5. So Matthew five twenty one 21 uh, is where we'll start and then I'll read through uh, verse 26. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults this brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. If you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him <coughs> Excuse me. While you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So that's the verse that we're going to be taking a look at, or verses. This is a uh, it's kind of one of those I would classify it as an odd <laughs> teaching. For a number of reasons. Um, like at the end, it almost seems like God is saying, do what you can to get a plea deal before you go to court. That's <laughs> what it all, I mean, you could read it that way. Right. Um, but I just, I have a lot of questions about this because it's, it's throwing around some pretty serious terms. Murder, judgment, anger, uh, jail. Uh, you're never going to get out until you pay the last penny. Like, there's some reconciliation is in there. Uh, there's there's just some very um, heavy or... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Impactful words uh, or descriptions in this passage. So I think the first question that I want to ask is... What is the difference between righteous and unrighteous anger? And is that even a differentiation that we should make? Because you'll note, he says, uh, anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. But we also have instances where Christ has gotten angry with mm -hmm. people. He flips over the tables and tells them, you've turned my father's house into yada, 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 or he calls the Pharisees, brood of vipers, and woe to you, and and obviously the exclamation points are added right. to the text, um, but I can't imagine someone peacefully flipping over tables and telling people to get out of the temple. No. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm assuming that there is a difference between righteous and unrighteous anger, and I'm also assuming that in this instance where he says that anyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment, he's talking about unrighteous anger. Set me straight. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can set you straight. Um, I, to me, righteous anger is anger that stems from 
um, God not being glorified. I, if it's going to be righteous, it's got to be uh, because God's church, God's, you know, his word, uh, things that, that um, should be glorifying him, things that go against who he is and what he's about uh, would cause us to have uh, righteous anger. Um, you know, I think one of the, the, the hot topics of today is, is um, sex, or, yeah, sex trafficking. And I think that's something that should anger Christians. We should have a righteous anger towards. Oh, definitely. Uh, something like that. And as it becomes, as it comes to light and we know about it, um, we should do something about it. Um, and then I, I, I also don't think um, anger in and of itself is necessarily bad. Even if it's not a righteous anger, I think... It's okay to be angry. I think, and we'll probably get into this a little bit more, but it's what you do with that anger that that causes it to be um, harmful. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've always been told or thought that the difference between righteous and unrighteous anger is... Um, Righteous anger is in defense of the truth. And I yep. guess to your glorifying God point, and I agree with you on that. Um, unrighteous anger is, is when that total jerk of a person takes my parking spot at the mall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really? Right. Because um, I just, I think it's, it's important to understand the difference because I mean any everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment well I mean we're all liable to judgment before God you know in the end every day shall bow right um, well, it, it, but I feel like when the latter parts of that verse he, he kind of extrapolates what he means by that anger whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire like okay so the anger is really rooted in these other things. Like I can be, I can be angry that to go back to last episode, ISIS is cutting people's heads off in the name of Allah. Like that angers me. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna hide out in the middle of nowhere and capture people and then cut their heads off and videotape it. Like it, it's incredibly cowardly to me. Like if you want to fight, right? Come knock on our door. You know, and so I get angry about that because they're doing this in the name of, you know, a God as a Christian I don't believe is real, and and as a you know as a Christian in the name of a religion that I think is is false, um, and and it's obviously not honoring to God, and and even, you know, most Muslims I would imagine would say it's not even honoring to Allah. You know, like it's just they're extremists for a reason, yeah. uh, and so I, I feel like I'm. I have a correct and true anger about that because it is not good in any way. Um, and so I can separate that anger from my anger at, oh, say when I was growing up, my younger sisters. Whatever they did, and, and that's not to put that on them, but you, I mean, you know what it's like growing up with siblings. You right. can 
easily anger the other person just for the joy of making them angry, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is probably not righteous anger. No, it's not. <laughs> and but it, it's to that point of insulting your brother, calling them a right. fool. Like it's it's about making them look bad and yourself look better, or about putting them down. Or about it's it's about ego and it's about. Um, hierarchy and where you stand and who is better than the other person and so a lot of a lot of anger that I see and it doesn't mean you know Christian or non-Christian just a lot of a lot of this sort of stuff that I see is is people just kind of jockeying for position in in the social hierarchy whether it's at work whether it's with you know a family dinner you know who's top dog and who isn't, and and a lot of it is is you know, uh, I mean it's very childish. Yeah. But adults do it all the time, and so I think that's what what, he, what he's getting here, what he's getting at here is, if your anger with your brother, like, anger is the outward expression of of the inward stuff of saying he's a fool or insulting him, like man he is so stupid. It, why would in and the anger is how you express it, but the the inner feeling is I'm better than him, I'm smarter than him, he's not worthy of whatever the raise he just got or whatever you're angry about. It's jealousy, it's pride, it's it's all of those things that are fueling what comes out as, you know, curse right. words. <laughs> well, and and I think it's it, it comes back to the individual and the person. I have been wronged, and generally it's not a true. You know, we, we have a very skewed idea. Human beings, regardless of where you live on this earth, ha- I think have a skewed idea of what it means to be wronged. You know, we just, like you were saying, trivial things like a, a parking spot or, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that may be. Um, the double standard of how we should be treated versus how we treat other people. <laughs> yes, yeah. very much so. It's a universal law right there. Yep. All right. Next question. Why is it important to reconcile with someone before offering to God? And how does this apply today? Since I don't really go to the altar and sacrifice a goat. Right. I Well, I think, again, this kind of goes back to um, what do we do with our anger? Um, by no means do I... Um, want to portray Christianity as we're supposed to be happy, joyful. We never, you know, we never have those moments of... Positive and family friendly? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, so to, to, to be angry, I, again, I don't think is such a bad thing. I think it's acknowledging our hum- being human, that we're broken. Um, it, it's, it's just... I, in fact, for me, one of the biggest things that I'm just trying to do is is be honest with myself when I'm like disappointed about something or or whatever. It's just kind of owning the feeling that I'm having because if I can own it and express it in one form or another, uh, generally it's pretty quick uh, to 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 deal with it or, or um, for it to go away and not be something that I dwell on. But in terms of this, with the anger uh, reconciling quickly, it is avoiding that temptation to you know, give somebody the middle finger or <laughs> allow those curse words to come out or, um, to, well, uh, to, 
to talk to, uh, you know, for me to come here and talk to you about something that I've got going on with somebody else and, mm-hmm. and vent to you and tell my side of the story and make them look really bad so I feel uh, a good about good about themselves. Uh, you know, the um, how does this apply today? I, I don't know because uh, I think one of the things, too, is, is I don't think... Uh, you know, you, you said we don't offer anything before God. I think there's an element of we don't completely understand what a serious moment that is or what's really going on there. Because, uh, you know, to, to, to walk away from the altar when making a um, an offering to God would be the equivalent of your it's, it's your wedding day and you're getting ready to get married and you're ready to say your vows and you suddenly remember, oh, I'm angry with my ex-girlfriend and before I commit to my new marriage with this woman, I need to go and make sure I'm reconciled with her. And so you literally leave the altar and say, okay, hang on with the wedding. Time out. I got to go find my ex and, and oh, reconcile with gosh, her. gosh, can you imagine? No. <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. And you so, wouldn't be getting married if you did that. <laughs> probably not. So, yeah, exactly. Because, because, I mean, there's even another kind of parallel in that. You're, you're choosing to go... Um, instead of staying with the person that you love, wife uh, or God, depending on, you know, which parallel here, and you're choosing to go contact the the enemy or the, you know, the other person, the, the other one. And so, yeah, in the same way of leaving your bride at the altar to go reconcile with an ex-girlfriend, it's like leaving the altar from God to go reconcile with who it is that you need to reconcile with. And so, yeah, so I think there's that weightiness that we don't have a similar uh, um, mm-hmm. a ceremony that we do today on a, on a regular basis, um, but that I, I, I do think it carries that kind of, in this particular story that this piece of scripture is talking about a very, you know, weighty ceremony or, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, that you would actually leave that just doesn't seem logical to leave to go reconcile with somebody, uh, which is, uh, I believe, demonstrating the importance of this. You know, um, even if it is, um, and I know this may not be popular to say, but even if there is some hyperbole involved with this story here of mm-hmm. trying to get across the message of its importance. So I don't know. What do you think? What are some of the ways that? Because I didn't really answer the question. I just sort of uh, danced around it there. <laughs> told you Dave was smart. Uh, well, I think it's important. I think, and we see this over and over and over again, this, this idea of reconciliation, and we could talk for days about that. Right. Um, but I think the reason I think it's important to reconcile with someone before offering to God is because now that Christ, that we are post Christ, um, we may not have the sense of offering at the altar, or sacrificing our animals or whatever. And while we don't have that, we do have an incredible sense of what reconciliation looks like. And so, uh, I think when we hear the term or read the term reconciliation in Scripture automatically our mind should go to the cross. Yes. And so when he's saying, you know, uh, when you're before the altar and you remember that 
your brother or something against you, you've wronged somebody. Um, you need to go reconcile with them, and you know you may, you know what reconciliation looks like. You need to go right this relationship because Christ died, Christ reconciled us to God so that we would have a right relationship. Yes, um, and so. My, my thought here and, and pretty much with all of reconciliation is that uh, the Old Testament folks they didn't really have they had a, they had the understanding of what it meant to sacrifice and mm-hmm. to give right and to do that and they didn't get to see the reconciliation part whereas we on the other hand like yeah we tithe and stuff and that's great and that's wonderful um but it doesn't seem to be as uh, impactful as like you know cutting a cow in half. Right. That you you don't forget <laughs> seeing that. I can I've never seen it. I can only imagine. I feel like it's something I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night thinking about. Right. <laughs> um, but we have this great I, picture of what reconciliation is, what re- reconciliation does, and so I think how it applies to us today is, if ever you're and we can say before the altar with God is you're in prayer, you're at church, you're reading your Bible, you're talking with a friend or your spouse, and you realize, oh man, I did this to such and such a person. That's your opportunity because God is with us everywhere. God is pricking your conscience at that point saying, hmm, you need to fix this. That's yeah. your opportunity to say, I know what reconciliation is like. I know what forgiveness is like. Because I have been reconciled and I've been forgiven, I need to go extend that to the person that I've offended. Yes, um, and that's so. and that's not easy. Oh God, no! And and here's the other thing about reconciling with somebody is you may not have wronged them; they may have wronged you. And you know, I just specifically had a, a conversation with a friend where um, they had a, they had a falling out over some events that occurred. And I don't know if there was forgiveness or not in that initial uh, falling out. uh, And then they chose to go their separate ways. Uh, But this person was like, I missed that friendship. And I long for that person to be in my life. And so it was just this very real um, burden of, I didn't wrong her. She wronged me. But I want her back in my life. And so... Uh, so there was kind of that having to reach out to this person to reconcile um, based on being wronged by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in doing so, and this is, I think, much of what Christ has done for us, is there's this knowledge of it could happen again. The very thing that I know I've forgiven them for and want to reconcile over, if I really want this person in my life, then there's this vulnerability of I'm not getting a guarantee that it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And then there's even an element of uh, sometimes we can, uh, um, one person versus a group of people or something like that. And uh, in order for us to reconcile with this person uh, that wronged us and truly give them uh, that sort of, we want you back in your life and I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to accept all the kind of baggage and everything that goes with it. But now we alienate these other group of people that we had just days before been talking about this outsider, and now I'm going to let them back in. So it is just, uh, it's messy, and it's not easy. But ultimately, um, 
if it's worth having that person in your life or if it's worth um, more, you know, there's nothing healthy about holding on to anger. There's nothing healthy hanging on to grudges and things like that. And so there's there's just a freedom that comes from reconciling, uh, whether we have to ask for forgiveness or we have to be the one that is, is extending that forgiveness because... Like you said, ultimately that's what the cross is all about, and um, it's not easy, and it's not—it's um, messy for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to follow up with that, um, why in this passage is there such an emphasis on reconciling quickly with other people, and how is that beneficial? Uh, I, I, again, I just. If, if, if I am, um, I, th- I think it just makes our life better. If I had to just sum it up short and quick, I, it just makes our life better. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't forgive, if we don't reconcile, there's a good chance that we're going to stew over things and we're going to hold a grudge and, um, I, I don't, I can't think in my time on this earth of any real negatives or drawbacks from being willing to go and ask for forgiveness or to reconcile with somebody. And, you know, I, I, I think anybody that's listening that has ever been in that situation, and I guess if I'm wrong, please let us know. That'd be an opportunity to tell us what, what your experience yeah. was with doing something. But I, would, I, I think if we're, we're honest with ourselves and look at our times in our life where we chose to forgive, instead of the word that keeps coming to my mind, hold a grudge. Because I think there's even that conscious decision of if I remember something and I choose not to deal with it, I'm choosing to kind of hold on to it sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. That we just, on the other side of it, you realize, oh, that was dumb to hold on to that. And I, I'm a happier person a, in a better place if I let that go. Yeah, that was my thought was... When when you hold when you hold onto a grudge, um, the original offense tends to mystically grow and become worse and more offensive. You know what I mean? Because um, over over time and as it festers, it your your mind starts to much like with other stories. Yes, it grows. Hyperbole sneaks mm-hmm. in, some falsities, and, and all of a sudden in your mind you've convinced yourself that this person did something that was exponentially worse than what was actually actually done. Um, and I think that yeah, reconciling quickly with others um, doesn't allow that to happen, or hopefully doesn't allow that to happen. Um, but two... The quicker that we can enter forgiveness and grace into any situation, the better off both parties are going to be. I mean, that just seems to make complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you withhold? Right. What yeah. Christ has given to us, what God has done for us from other people. And I, and I get, in theory, this is super <laughs> super simple in theory. Like, duh, no-brainer, move on with your life. Uh, in real life, um, emotions don't tend to think that 
benevolently about other folks. <laughs> right. Well, I, it, the other thing, too, that I, for me personally, is I think about the way I'll vilify people in my own mind. But then I go and I spend time with them and I talk to them. And it's just like there's so many, just even being in that presence with, it's easy to build up that anger, that grudge in your mind mm-hmm. and make them the bad guy. And then when you're with them, you're, and again, this I'll speak for me, it's just, I'm like, oh, well, they're not that bad. I was, you know, and it's just, there's something when there's that personal contact uh, that really kind of breaks down what we like to do in our own minds to the other person. Yeah, well, yeah, the voice in your head is always very good at making sure that you're always right <laughs> and the other person's always an idiot. That's... <laughs> The, yes. amount of, the amount of times I'll catch myself thinking or I'm just like sitting there and someone said something or, and I'm like nine miles down the road in a conversation between me and this person and I'm like the king of the planet and they're like <laughs> the lowest of the low. I'm just like, oh my, I am such a psycho. It's, 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 not, it's just not healthy. Um, and so the, the quick reconciliation is, is a way to, uh, I think rightfully so, express... When as Christians, we should know to be true. Forgiveness is available. Grace and mercy are available. And if we truly believe what the Bible says and what Christ has done, then we need to be willing to give those even to people that have wronged us. And as you said earlier, might do so again. Yes. But simple stuff, really. Mm -hmm. All right. Two more questions. Eh, Maybe three cliffhanger we'll find out when jesus speaks of murder as he does at the beginning of this passage and then talks about anger in the same context what is he communicating to those people that that listen and hear uh well i'm i'm also seeing your next question there and i think he's communicating the serious nature of this and even kind of a another piece here is that um i think he's communicating the seriousness of it i think anger equals selfishness and selfishness equals sin and sin is sin in god's eyes Mm -hmm. and that's it's hard for us to comprehend that but that's the bottom line is that sin is sin um and in particular um if I'm going to quantify this at all, I think anger reaches that reaches that level of um, what we've been talking about in that we choose not to forgive. I mean, to be angry at somebody, you have to choose to not extend grace, to mm-hmm. not forgive. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to leave, try to make this a short answer. Anger is selfishness and selfishness is sin. And that's why it is a serious matter that he is communicating here. Yeah, I, I would agree totally. Um, I think, too, that as we continue down these and we get to anger and lust and uh, oaths and, and all the stuff that he's going to talk about here in, in short order, uh, he's he's taking the, the visible outworkings and confronting the inner... Um, oh, my gosh, I'm having... Total blank here. Symptoms. There we go. Gosh, I knew it was a medical term. But like when uh, I was reading um, earlier today, later on in, in the Gospel of Matthew, and, and he's sitting there and, and the Pharisees, they give him a hard enough time. And he's like, what, what's easier to do? To say that your sins are forgiven or to say to get up and walk away? Oh, by the way, get up and take your mat and leave. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting to, it's, it's easier um, 
to say your sins are forgiven. It's much harder to do the act. Well, it, this is the exact opposite. It's much easier to be angry with somebody than it is to actually murder them. Hmm. I'm assuming. I'm angry with a lot of people. I never killed anybody. Right. Thought about it. Never done it. Um, and so when, when he says, oh, do not murder, he's talking to a very, very small percentage of the population that's actually done that or come close to doing it, right? Yeah. But when he says, also, don't be angry, well, all of a sudden, that's, every yeah. single person that's ever lived is now like, oh. well, wait a minute, <laughs> you're comparing me being angry with whatever person to the guy that killed so-and-so. Yeah. He's he's taking what what God intended, what God has said in the past, and he's he's revealing the the inner um, struggle that leads to the drastic result. You know, same goes when he talks about adultery. There's only a handful of people that have had an affair. Everybody has thought right. lustfully towards someone that's not their spouse, and so he's he's getting. He's he's taking away the easy. Well, I've never killed anybody. Response to the, well, crap. I was angry just yesterday, <laughs> you know. And so I think that when when he combines the the drastic action with the very common emotion behind it, he is alerting us to the serious serious nature that our emotions, or the the, the seriousness that our emotions can have, um, on us. And um, so I think he takes anger seriously, and I think that, that he makes this connection because he wants us to realize that, you know, motivation behind actions and um, a emotional and spiritual stability is incredibly important. Uh, I don't know if that last part made any sense, but hopefully the first part did. <laughs> Because I would never, I would never put anger and murder in the same category. No. No. I just N- like they're, they're in my mind they're they're countries apart, not just miles. Right. You know, um, but but by combining them, like as someone who, especially when I was younger, struggled with being angry. Um, right. It's it's a reminder to me that. My anger needs to be um, either righteous in defense of God or needs to be resolved because that, that anger is going to fester and cause greater sin than has already occurred. Um, so, uh, last question. I, yes. feel like, I feel like a good roundup is in, is in order okay. after my little ramble there. <laughs> I thought I was making sense, and at the end I wasn't sure. Yes, you're making sense. Okay. Um, What is this whole saying about uh, murder and anger and reconciliation and and all of the stuff that we've talked about so far? Um, What is Jesus telling us about the importance he places on relationships between people and between God and people? Or am I just reaching for something here? (laughs) No, I I, I definitely think that... um, I mean, it's 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 all about uh, relationships, which I think we've said often here uh, during our time together. Is that um, the context of any of this having any meaning behind it at all 
there has to be a relationship. Uh, Not to get on a complete tangent, but I think that's why um, our God exists in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, is that in eternity long before man ever showed up on the scene, there was a relationship between those three persons and our our Godhead, and I hope I'm not (laughs) confusing people too terribly much, but... uh, before we even existed and God was in eternity, there was a, he, could, he could literally have a relationship with himself that had meaning to it. And they enjoyed each other, and they were in communion with each other. And so um, because of God being who he, he is, I think when he created us and um, designed what this earth was to be about, it was. It was him walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. There was a, a relationship there. And then even a uh, the creation story of you know he created Adam and spent all this time looking for a helper with Adam and 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 wanting uh, that Eve that perfect companion not just a good one mm-hmm. but a, that that perfect companion and so uh, I think relationships are just central to uh, the Christian faith and creation and uh, again um, I think it, it it kind of even um, there's a uh, disservice that we do uh, to another human being by um, not forgiving them, by not reconciling uh, with them. And it, uh, you know, just the parable of uh, the debtor who was forgiven a whole bunch. And then when he had his opportunity to, to forgive somebody a little, you know, he had him thrown into jail. It's and... so easy to get mad at that guy. <laughs> so you read like, you're such, what? no, why? Why are you that way? And you're like, oh, that's oh, me. man. It's the whole, uh, when, was it, is it Samuel or Nathan that approaches David and talks about the man that's taken the... Nathan. Yeah, and then he the, gets all... taken the land. He gets all indignant about it, and then he's like, oh, by the way, that's you. Like, yes. <laughs> and then we get Psalm 51. Yes, that's... Out of that, so... Um, which, again, even in, even in that is... Uh, wow, I won't go completely down that but I will just say I will say for me personally uh, I'll probably take a look at Psalm 51 after our time here because um, uh, even in reconciling with our brother um, and what what uh, King David did uh, referring to King David having his affair with uh, Bathsheba there's there's a real element of him saying God I've sinned against you and you alone and when I read that, I'm like, what What about... <laughs> you had the dude killed, man. <laughs> Speaking of murder. So. Yeah. I'm with you on that. All right. Well, I don't have anything to add to that last question, I think. Okay. No, I think you... I Sounds agree good. With, I agree with what you said. And I think that relationships are the foundation um, for a lot of what God wants done and how God works on, on the planet um, yeah so I guess that's that's the end of our discussion for this week unless I'm missing something no and I'm once again I'm absolutely amazed at how quickly this time goes by <laughs> I who knows for those of you who have tried to listen it maybe never make it to this point because it doesn't go by uh, quickly for you but I just want anybody that is listening to know our sincerest heart is just that we hope we are, um, we're pointing you towards Christ, we're pointing you towards God, and that um, we are um, 
broken, fallible human beings ourselves. And, you know, Cam and I just uh, get together and, and share our journey with each other and just uh, consider it a privilege to, to share that journey with you all. So I hope some somebody, somebody, somebody somewhere out there is getting some benefit from this. Agreed. So I guess this week, if you think about it, take a few moments and just kind of reflect on um, the important relationships that you have with your friends and your family, um, but also the the importance that, that forgiveness and reconciliation can have and maybe the relationships that you don't have anymore. Um, I just, mm. it's, it's, it's always, to me, reconciliation is, just, I just can't get over it. I just, I cannot... Every time I feel like I got reconciliation figured out, it's like a new situation shows that I'm like, I'm never going to forgive that person, <laughs> you know, or I do something that totally offends somebody and, you know, because uh, that happens a lot because I, I tend to not, I have opinions and I tend to share them uh, sometimes not so well. But anyways, uh, just, yeah, the importance of reconciliation and forgiveness and in relationship with the people around you, I think is something that we cannot spend enough time thinking about and acting on. Um, so thank you so much for listening to episode six of the Masterclass. It is over. You have made it. Air five. <laughs> you totally missed. Anyways, uh, we'd love to hear from you about this episode, about previous episodes. Um, the best way to do that is on Twitter at Masterclass FM. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Masterclass FM. Or email us, if you're old school, masterclassfm at gmail.com. We get it, we will read it, and we will respond. You can find the show notes for this episode at masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash six. Uh, and also look forward, we'll have a blog post soon about Living in Christ's Presence by Willard and Nordberg because it's just that good. We <laughs> want you to read about it and to read it. So, two more things. I promise we're going to be done. Rating on iTunes would be so awesome if you guys would leave a rating on iTunes for us. Um, we really don't like having to ask for this sort of stuff because it feels kind of like TV preacherish to me. At least I feel that way. I don't know about you. You're not going to be blessed if you leave us. <laughs> There's no none of that. Nah. Uh, but it will help other people find the podcast and help us meet new folks, and that's something that we want to do. Yes. So if you want to leave a rating on iTunes for us, we'd be very grateful. And secondarily, if you'd like to help us develop the podcast further and be able to do some cool new stuff, you can always go to masterclassfm.com slash donate and throw us a dollar or two. We would be very grateful as that would help us cover costs and, and hopefully start some new stuff in the future. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. And so are you gals. Any last words, Dave? We will see you next week. <gasps> That's right. Next week. Perfect. See you then. Bye.